Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners, and I want to thank Francis for sending along a donation to our P.O. Box. You can uh, send donations to our P.O. Box at P.O. Box 15913-15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. Also, she sent along a quite lovely Christmas card, so thank you so much. Uh, You can also become One of our ongoing Patreon supporters, for as little as $2 per month, just go over to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time to get into this week's episode of Casey Crime Photographer, the original air date January 20th, 1949. And the title is Action Photograph, as we take a listen at a Tony episode, so enjoy. That gives that natural look is P O N I. Tony. Tony. Tony Home Permanence, the wave that gives that natural look, brings you Crime Photographer. Good evening, everyone. This is Bill Cullen, greeting you for Tony Home Permanence. And inviting you to listen to another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Action Photograph. A late winter afternoon, just before dark. The telephone rings in the Blue Note Cafe. Blue Note Cafe, Ethel Burke speaking. Yeah, Mr. Burke? Yeah, just a second, I'll call. Uh, Casey, Miss Williams, your city desk is called... Oh. <laughs> I just remembered, Mr. Burke, they ain't here. Yes, sir, if they come in before they get over to your office. Yeah, all right, I'll talk. What's that? John Habana's been murdered. Well, he... Oh, wait a minute. Here they come now. Casey, Miss Williams, your city editor is on the wire, and John Habana, the gangster, has just been given the works. Does your loveliness depend on the weather? Tomorrow, if it happens to rain or snow, let's hope your curl isn't the kind that comes out in damp weather. If you have a Tony, well, you don't have to worry. For Tony, waves and curls are in to stay, not for just a day or a week, but through all kinds of weather, shampoo after shampoo, month after month. And you don't have to go through that nightly nuisance of putting your hair up in pin curls. Tomorrow, get the Tony kit complete with plastic curlers for just $2. And when you discover how much easier life can be and how much lovelier you can look with a Tony, you'll know why more than two million women each month use Tony Home Permanent, the wave that gives that natural look. 
crook in this town finally got what's been coming to him for a long, long time. There lies Havana, neatly spread all over the sidewalk. Mm, I've always wanted to see John Havana hold a pose like this. Who just used that flashball? Oh, hi, Logan. Casey, I'm tired of reminding you. No news pictures without permission of the officer in charge. Oh, I'm so sorry, pal. That's a ruling I never can remember. Uh, Do you know who killed Havana, Captain Logan? Yeah, I think so, Miss Williams. But I won't be able to prove it, I think. Meaning Silk Farrell was behind the trigger? Sure. It's been pretty common knowledge that Havana pulled a fast one on Farrell several weeks ago. And when a guy does that, his number's up. How did Silk or whoever it was get him? Well, all I learned so far is that Havana stepped out of the barbershop there at about 5.30. And two seconds later, a black sedan raced down the street. There were shots. Havana folded up, and the sedan kept on going. Well, there must have been people on the street. There was probably a hundred at least who saw the whole thing, Miss Williams. Now, this is Silk Farrell's territory. People here are very careful not to say anything he might not like. Yeah, not only because they're afraid of the guy, Annie. Silk's one of the few racketeers I know who really got some friends. Kind of like the guy myself. And you're nuts. He's a rat like every other crook. Oh, sure, but he's a rat I'm used to, Logan. We practically grew up together. You figure Silk did the shooting himself, Logan? I give odds that he did. He had a personal grudge to settle with Havana. Hmm. Well, I'll have him picked up tonight, of course, but he'll have a swell alibi already, and I'd give a year's pay to get that guy with the goods. Well, this is all the story you're going to get, Annie. I'll shoot a few more pictures, and then we'll go back to the office. Okay. Say, Casey. Yeah? You grew up with Silk Harrow in this neighborhood. Yeah, sure. His folks and mine lived only a couple of blocks from here. You got friends who still live down here? Oh, few, yeah. The old gent who runs the shoe repair shop a few doors from here, for instance, Tony Angelo. (laughs) He and my old man were pals. Is that so? Sure, yeah. Your Uncle Tony must have seen the guys in that murder car. He forgot how to speak English when I asked him about it just before you got here, Casey, but he might talk to you. So what? Well, a murder's been committed. It isn't the kind of murder that'll make me become a stool pigeon and run good guys like Tony Angelo into danger. If I persuaded him to become a police witness in this thing, he'd he'd stand a big chance of stopping a gangster slug himself. Uh-uh, Logan. I don't know Case Silk Farrell for killing even an all-around stinker like John Havana if he did the job. I don't okay the red hot who gets Silk Farrell in the end, as some red hot surely will. As long as these gun boys stick to their class. I'm just a newspaper guy. I don't play cop. What happened after the cops picked up Silk Farrell last night for that Havana killing, Casey? Well, just what Logan expected had happened after, Bert. Yeah. Silk had a beautiful alibi, and his lawyer was on hand to get him away from headquarters in a few hours after he was brought in. Now, Silk Farrell is one of the few racketeers who really interests me. Yeah, why, Annie? Well, for one thing, he's very good looking. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Silk Farrell interests a lot of gals, Casey. And the one he's been bringing in here lately is really somebody. I haven't seen him in here with any dames. Oh, you ain't around here all the time like I am. Who is this guy you say is 
really somebody. I'm informed on reliable information that she's no other than Constance Maxwell. Connie Maxwell? In a society babe with all the dough? That's all. Well, why is she messing around with a crook like Sue? Oh, I don't know why. I just know she's been coming in here with him a couple times a week. She likes Herman's piano playing. Hmm. Looks as though Silk is stepping way out of his class. Well, Connie Maxwell's no prize package, Casey. She's just the sort of dumb door who'd fall for a handsome racketeer. She'd think him just too, too romantic. I wonder what the guy she's engaged to thinks about it, if he knows about it. Well, she is engaged, isn't she, to uh, Alvin Bancroft? Yeah. He's a very swell egg, too. He's got more dough and more family back of him than she has even. Alvin Bancroft did a nice favor for me once. Yeah. He's able to handle his own affairs, I guess. Couldn't the cops get anything on Silk for last night's shooting, Casey? No, not a thing, pal. They found an abandoned car that's been identified as the one that carried the gunman, but no uh, fingerprints. It's unfortunate a smart guy like him took to a life of crime. You and him were once pretty good friends, Casey. Yeah, once. I remember how you and Silk and, and little Frankie Pizarro and, and Gus Hoffman used to get together in this place late at night and sing quartets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was before Silk got into the big rackets, Miss Weir. Yeah, little Frankie and Gus went crooked with him, too. They do most of his strong-arm work now. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that was a good quartet, though. It was good and loud. Casey was tenor, Miss Weir. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't around during his singing days. Well, I wasn't so bad, Not Annie. Bad. Come on, come on, let's get out of this joint. Yeah, if we don't, city desk will be paid. Hey, wait a second, Ma. Look who just sat down at the corner table. It's Silk Farrell. Yeah, with him was Connie Maxwell. Didn't I tell you? Him and her spotted us, Casey. Well, how are you, pal? You're Miss Williams? Hello, Miss Farrell. Hi, Silk. Oh, dear, I haven't seen you too far. Well, it's been months. Oh, we meant to drop in and see you at police headquarters last night, Silk. We had another assignment, though. I uh, was at headquarters last night, come to think of it. Renewing my acquaintance with Captain Logan and his lads. Nice fellow, Logan. But uh, not too bright. He's plenty bright. Sometimes a... Rikes are against him. Okay, if that's the way you see it. Well, it's swell running into you, Casey. Oh, I say, uh, I've got a lady with me. Come over to our table. Oh, we're going back to the office, sir. We don't have to go immediately, Casey. I'd like to join Mr. We haven't the time, man. Oh, sorry. It's all mine. Too bad about John Habano, wasn't it, sir? Wasn't it? John was an old pal of mine. Like you, Casey. I've just ordered a swell blanket of lilies for his coffin. Well, it's been nice to see you, Miss Williams. Thank you. So long, pal. So long, Sue. Gee, Casey, did you hand him the ice? I'm not going to pretend chumminess with any wire-haired wolf who's got a gal with him who's engaged to marry a guy I like. Well, maybe the Maxwell girl isn't engaged to Bancroft anymore. For his sake, I hope she isn't. Anne. Hmm? Look at that. That's Al Bancroft. He's came in the door. That skinny guy? Yeah. Going to Farrell's table. Yeah, and he looks sore. Uh -oh. Look, honey. They seem to be yeah, having an argument. Right now. I'm not leaving here with you, Alvin. I've already told you. And I've told you, Connie, that you're going to... Now, we've heard enough from you, mister. You're hearing more from me, Farrell. Why? Oh. I'll swing a punch at Why, you. Silk, I'll have... knock him to the floor for that. I'm getting over there, quick. Oh, no, don't hit him again, Mr. Farrell. That's enough, Silk. The guy's down. Here, let me go, Casey. Suck me. I'll kick his teeth out. You've done enough. Come on. Yeah, well, I'll call him. I'll cut him. I'll tell you how to... I... <sighs> okay, Casey, I... I apologize to everyone. I... I lost my temper. 
Sorry. This wasn't Mr. Farrell's fault at all. Mr. Bancroft came to our table and became insulting. And he struck Mr. Farrell first. Maybe he had good reason to strike him, Miss Maxwell. I don't know what you mean. Neither do I. Skip it, then. How's Bancroft, Tim? He's coming, too. Then you go back to the office. I'm driving Bancroft home, and I think I'd better do it alone without female company. Mm-hmm. Got an idea he's going to feel just a little sore at the female sex. Your home's on the parkway, as I remember, Bancroft. Yes. Suppose you want to know why I made such a fool of myself tonight. Well, I didn't want to talk about that. I guess I do. I've known Miss Maxwell for a long time. We were going to get married. Were? Past tense? She broke our engagement this morning. I... Well, I guess I'm not much of a fella, Casey. Connie admires the dashing, adventurous type. Oh, and she considers Silk Farrell dashing and adventurous. Don't you see? She's pretty young. You know, a lot of kid ideas. To her, Farrell is something out of a book, out of the movies, a Humphrey Bogart character. I'm sure it's simply a phase, a temporary infatuation. But if it isn't stopped, she'll marry him. It's got to be stopped. I got a, a crazy idea of how to stop it. I thought if I could show her I was a better man than Farrell, or she'd come to her senses. Well... I followed her and Farrell to the blue note and deliberately picked a fight with him. You saw what happened to my big idea. He knocked me out instead. Well, the whole notion was just insane. I'm not so sure of that, Al. What do you mean? I don't know right now. But it's something I'm going to think about. I think the notion's utterly fantastic. Andy, didn't you pay any attention to that dumb little rich girl last night after Bancroft socked Farrell and got mowed down for doing it? She was having the time of her life. Yeah. She did seem to get a kick out of it. Well, sure she Well, did. if she insists on having no one but the top caveman as her number one boyfriend, your pal Bancroft will never make the grade over Silk Farrell. He, Casey, is a considerable hunk of masculinity. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna... Let's see that Al Bancroft knocks the shine off Farrell's glamour. You give him boxing lessons, I suppose. Maybe, before I'm through. Right now, I'm going down to the street where John Abana was murdered. What for? Uh, I feel like having a talk with an old friend, Tony Angelo, a shoemaker. A guy who may have seen Habana killed. <laughs> One, two, suckle. Right cross, left hook. Hi, Ethelbert. <laughs> Say, don't you think it'd have been easier to wash those? Oh, hello, Mr. Cullen. <laughs> I was trying to give myself a boxing lesson, but I guess it ain't no use. I'll never make a champ. Uh, whoever thought you would. Well, if you'd have been in this here joint when that society debutante was here... It might have give you ideas, Mr. Cullen. Yeah, but I don't get it, Ethelbert. What's uh, what's the connection? Well, she went off with the guy that knocked out this nice guy. You see, two men was fighting over her. You uh, admire the lady, I take it. Oh, gee, Mr. Cullen, you should have seen her. Mm. Like a doll she was. Big blue eyes and gold hair. 
Little natural curls all around her head. Oh, don't be so sure they were natural, Ethelbert. You know, I'll bet she had a Tony. Her? Mm -hmm. With all her dough? Mm -hmm. Say, she could pay $50 for a permanent in one of them plushy shops without even batting one of her long eyelashes. So could lots of other women, Ethelbert, but they prefer a Tony to any other permanent at any price because a Tony wave is so soft, so natural looking, there's no frizzy stage. Tony gives a wave that's soft and beautiful, easy to manage from the very first moment. In fact, Tony waves and curls are so soft, they're often taken for naturally curly hair. Tony's the permanent that gives you a twin guarantee. Your Tony wave is guaranteed to last just as long as the most expensive wave you've ever had. And your Tony is guaranteed to look more natural or your money back. Yet the Tony kit, complete with plastic curlers, costs only $2. The Tony refill, only $1. No wonder Tony is preferred above all other permanents. More than two million women each month give themselves lovely Tony waves. More than two million? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of women. Yes, each month another two million women use Tony home permanent. How about you? No, no, Casey. Like I'm going to tell the cops when they're asking me about... Look, I'm not that. a cop, Tony. I'm an old friend, and I'm working on my own. You... You going to tell the cops what I've been telling you? No, there'd be no use since I won't produce you as a witness. Okay, Casey. I'm a see John Habana. Yeah. I'm a see everything. The black sedan found by the cops was the one used by the killers, huh? Yes, and, and she come in the front of my store. I'm at the window. And still Farrell was in the car? Uh... Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, no. Don't, don't stall with me, Tony. You know I won't involve you in this. I swear for you, Casey, I, I'm not sure. My eyes, she's not so good like when I'm young. Okay. Uh, but could one of the guys in that car have been Farrell? Uh, I... See, I see. It was a man in the back seat holding two big guns. And he, he might have been the silk of Farrell. Who drove the car? I... My, might it have been little Frankie Pizarro? Oh, no, no, no. The driver, he, he looks like Gus Hoffman. Next to him is sitting Frankie Pizarro. Oh, I mean, That's no. All I... right, stop worrying, Tony. You can't identify those guys, and that fact. But tell me this. Did the three of them wear hats? Hats? Yeah, hats. See, all wear hats. All right, now think of some more things, Tony, and be sure of them. I want to know exactly how each man looked and what he did. <laughs> Why do you want to take more pictures of that Havana murder car, Casey? They'll have no news value now. I want it for my personal collection, Logan. I gather shots of murder cars like some guys gather pinups. Jake, look, we've got to have shots of Silk Farrell in our files, I know. And some of Gus Hoffman and little Frankie Pizarro. Dig them out for me, will you? Okay. And Jake, I especially want pictures of them wearing hats. Casey, I feel like a chump sitting in this car pointing two big automatics at nothing while you take pictures. Well, let me get a couple of more shots of your gloved hands holding those 45s, Bill. Why? I've told you. I try to sell these shots to a detective story magazine. Casey, where do you get this picture? Is that a picture of what you saw when John Havana was shot, Tony? It's just as I see it, except the face, I do not see Pizarro and Silk Farrell playing like that. Until now, I'm not sure they're in the car. Uh, Casey, who take this picture? I can't tell you that, Tony. Tony, oh. you just forget you ever saw this thing. 
Where'd you get this picture, Casey? The point is, Silk, that I have it. Look at it closely, Silk. That's your face, Miss Casano's. Because Hoffman's ugly mug doesn't show up so plain, but you can tell it's him. There's a 45 in each of your glove mitts, Silk. Have, uh... The cops haven't seen this. Are you crazy? If they had, they'd be here now instead of me. You and I were once pretty good friends. That was a long time ago. Where's the negative of this? In a nice, safe place. But, uh, I'm willing to sell it. Blackmail, eh? I'm a friend. You just reminded me that we were friends a long time ago. I never figured you then as a blood money guy. All right. I know I didn't shoot up, Anna. But I also know when I'm in a spot. How much for the negative and every print you made from it? What's it worth? I don't stall. You know it's worth every dime I've got. That's about a hundred grand. I'll give it to you for the negative in Prince. But if you double-cross me, I'll give you what Havana got. Oh, so help me. I don't want your hundred G's. I'll give you the negative of this picture and every print I made of it. If you'll do a single decent thing. What do you mean? In a fight game, they call it taking a dive. You've been cheating your way to too many decisions, Silk. Now you're going to lose one. Because you've stepped way out of your class. Come on, come on. Talk straight. Okay, this decision you're going to lose in one of the private dining rooms at Jackson's Roadhouse. There'll be only three of us in that private dining room at first, Silk. You, me, and Miss Constance Maxwell. Miss Maxwell? Uh Uh-huh. And then we'll have a visitor. Mr. Alvin Bancroft is going to give you a shellacking and become the new champ. Why are you so quiet this evening, Silk? He's hardly said a word, Mr. Casey. Yeah, Silk has seemed in rather a thoughtful mood, Miss Maxwell. I, uh, I'm not feeling well. No alibis, huh? What's troubling you, Silk? Well, a man in Silk's position naturally worries a lot, Miss Maxwell, you know. Ah, uh, yes. How can he ever have any peace of mind? You know the old saying, conscience doth make cowards of us all. That's enough. I'm going to beat ice, chum. I, uh, I need another drink. Oh, all right. Ring for the waiter. Oh, that must be him opening the door. Why, Bancroft. Alvin. Hello, Connie. Well, what are you doing here? I come to take you away from your present company. You tried that once before, Sap. Well, I'm trying it again, Farrell. Get on your feet. Why, you... You're crazy, Alvin. Uh, Farrell will kill you. You got him oh. in the stomach then, Alvin. Oh. Follow him up. Oh, he's hurting still. Oh, don't, don't hit me again, Bancroft. Stop. I've had enough. I... Oh. I'm giving you just one more, Farrell. Oh. Good boy, Al. Right on the button. He's knocked Mr. Farrell down. <laughs> he did better than that, Miss Maxwell. He's knocked Silk out. I, I can't believe it. Here's your coat, Connie. You're leaving here now and with me. Alvin. Mr. Casey so pleaded with Alvin not to hit oh, him out. Oh, these professional bad men cave in quick when they're hurt, Miss. I'm holding your coat, Connie. Put it on. Yes, Alvin. And here's the engagement ring you returned to me. You can put that on, too. Yes, Alvin. Now, come on. Yes, Alvin. So long, Casey. Thanks for those boxing pointers you gave me. <laughs> You're a good pupil, fella. So long, Miss Maxwell. Oh, Mr. Casey, when that, that stuffed shirt on the floor comes to, please tell him that I think he's a, a mess. Uh, a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll do that little thing. <laughs> you can get up now, Silk. Did a very convincing job. Out of that guy, Bancroft. 
I had a beat to tell him to pull his punches. Oh, I forgot to tell you, sir. Bancroft doesn't know anything about our deal. He thinks this fight was on the level. You forgot to tell me that, eh? Mm-hmm. You made a sap of me all around, haven't you, Casey? Well, that negative in the prints you'll get from me tomorrow is good pay for the little punishment you've taken. But you haven't made a sap out of me. That picture never fooled me. It's simply a piece of fake photography. That picture's on the level. It's nothing but a swell job of double exposure and superimposing. If it was anything but a phony, you'd have given it to the cops. Well, if you've been convinced of that, why did you go through with this gag? Because I was fed up with that dumb Maxwell frill. This was a good way to get her off my neck. And confidentially, because I got a kick out of letting you think I was really falling for your corny play. Casey, now I'm going to make you pay for it. Put away that gun, Silk. You're not fool enough to shoot me in a joint like this. There's a restaurant full of people just out there. I forgot to tell you something, Casey. I hired this whole place for tonight. Even the cooks and waiters here are guys who work for me. What? Come on in here, guys. Sure, boss. We've been waiting just outside. With the rest of the mob here. Casey, you remember Gus Hoffman here and little Frankie Pizarro? Yeah. Hiya, pal. Nice to see you, Jim. I'd like to shake hands, only that's kind of difficult when I got a Tommy gun in my mitt like now. And pardon my sawed-off shotgun, pal. Now, look here, Silk. You have the car ready to take Casey away from here, Frankie? After, um, it's all over? Sure, boss. And I got the sack to put him in. Sack? With some heavy iron weights. We're dropping you out in the river, pal. No, you are not Hold him, hold him, hold him. Please grab him, boss. He ain't going nowhere, sir. Hey, you've gotten out of some tight spots in your time, Casey, but this is one you don't get out of. I guess you're right. Any uh, last words? No. I haven't got anything to say. Hey, I really hate to do this. You and Frankie and Gus and I once had such a nice quartet. Yes, Silk. Seems we're always losing tennis. Yeah. They all seems to get lead poisoning. Uh, you're going to perform the last rites with your revolver, Silk, or uh, will I use the old shotgun? I'll do the job, Frankie. And since you're a pal, Casey, I'll make it quick. One shot through the heart. Here it is. Why don't you fall, sap? I... I... I don't think you hit me. No? Ah... Uh... I forgot to tell you, Casey. This gun is loaded with blanks. With with, with blanks? (laughs) (laughs) Now, who's the sucker, pal? Hey, this this was just a gag. Oh, I had to pay you off for what you did, fella. I might have paid you off with lead bullets if I was a yellow murderer. As I know you never figured me. And uh, if tenors weren't so scarce. (laughs) Here, Casey, me and Silk and Gus was uh, thinking you might like to rejoin the old quartet. Bring out the food, boys. Yeah, come on, let's sing. Me, 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 me. Hit me. Uh, roll out a barrel. We'll have a barrel of fun. Roll out a barrel. No, we Soft water shampooing, use Tony Cream Shampoo. Even in the hardest water, Tony Cream Shampoo. 
Yes, even in the hardest water, Tony Cream Shampoo gives soft water shampooing that rinses away dandruff instantly. Leaves hair so soft, so smooth, so shining clean. Today, bring out the sparkling beauty of your hair with Tony Cream Shampoo. Get the handy tube or jar. Tony Cream Shampoo. It's for you. Where's Casey, Miss Williams? He usually comes in with you at this time. Oh, Casey's gone home to rest his throat, Ethelbert. Oh, rest his throat? And the doctor says he strained his vocal cords. He can hardly speak above a whisper today. What in the world caused that to happen? Oh, I don't know. All I could get out of him was that he did some singing last night. I'm glad the doctor made him stay home. If he stayed on duty, he might have gotten an assignment he wouldn't have liked. What's that? Silk Farrell was killed a few hours ago. Silk Farrell? Mm-hmm. He and his bodyguards, Gus Hoffman and Frankie Pizarro, were shot from an automobile. Just as the police think they shot uh, John Havana. Only this time the police got the killers red-handed. What do you know? I have an idea, Ethelbert, that Casey and Silk Farrell really thought a lot of each other. I guess they did, Miss Williams. Said I had to in order to sing quartets together. Confidentially... The singing voices of them two guys is about the worst I've ever heard. Here's a special message. Automobile smash-ups have reached the amazing total of more than one a minute every day, every day of the year. Cut down on your speed. Don't mix alcohol with gasoline. Be sure your car is in safe driving condition and watch out for pedestrians. Remember, the life you save may be your own. Crime Photographer, starring Stutz Cotsworth as Casey, is directed by John Deeds. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, based on the fictional character of Flash Gun Casey, created by George Harmon Cox. Original music by Archie Blyer. The program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Chittison is the Blue Note pianist. This is Bill Cullen asking you to listen again next week at the same time to another exciting adventure of Crime Photographer and also inviting you to listen to This is Nora Drake, radio's thrilling serial romance heard every Monday through Friday, 2.30 p.m. New York time over most of these stations. Beginning next Monday, January 24th, This is Nora Drake will be heard over CBS only. Both of these programs brought to you each week by Tony Home Permanent, the wave that gives that natural look, and the new Tony Cream Shampoo for soft water shampooing, even in the hardest water. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Okay, this was an episode that seemed... uh... You know, maybe a little different than your uh, typical Casey episode uh, throughout with that touch of sentimentality. But we've had sentimental episodes before, so it was not that different. But then you had the fake shooting and the old quartet getting together to sing Roll Out the Barrel and just ridiculous in terms of what we've heard from the series before. Though I don't quite hate it as much as Dr. Joe Webb does over at bluenotebulletin.blogspot.com, but it's not a high point for me. Now, it does 
seem to be part of an advertising strategy, as Webb uh, wrote. The idea of the series was to make it more appealing to a certain type of woman. And so you ended up with scripts that were, as Dr. Webb said, uh, a lot more sanitized, a lot more gentle, and with a lot less tension. Now, I'm not certain how big of an audience that uh, Tony was actually reaching. Because certainly there were women who listened to things like Suspense or Dragnet when that made it to air. It seems like the show was being made to appeal to what the company imagined would interest the women they were wanting to sell to, which kind of indicates that Tony ending up with this sponsorship was a failure by the company as well as by the uh, advertising agency. Because if you're a, a company and you're sponsoring an existing program, that program should not have to be uh, remade. The benefit of taking over sponsorship of a show that's been on the air for five years is that it's got an established fan base that you can reach and appeal to. If in order to make it reach and appeal to your buyers, you need to do things that will annoy the existing fan base, that's not a good match. Typically, I'd say it was also a failure by the network, but this is 1948, and CBS was carrying several shows as sustaining, so I can get how CBS would say, okay, if you're throwing money at one of our programs, we're not going to argue with you about it. Dr. Webb also notes that the photo editing described in this episode is ridiculously complex for the 1940s and to produce something that could even pass as convincing or uh, would require you have Photoshop. And he points out that essentially Alonzo Dean Cole is taking advantage of the fact that the public didn't really have a whole lot of understanding of how photo editing worked and what the limits of it were. And because of that, uh, you could make it like a magic where you could do practically anything. And it's not just in Casey. You, you could, can find other examples of Golden Age Entertainment that had things being done with photos that really were not realistic. And it may have led some people to doubt photographic evidence too much. You can do anything with photos was probably not really that true in the 1970s. In the 2010s and 2020s, yeah, that is actually true. You can pretty much do anything with the right photo editing software and the knowledge on how to use it. Well, listener comments and feedback now, and we have a comment from Eric uh, over on Facebook who writes uh, regarding the uh, Casey uh, crime photographer episode, the Santa Claus of uh, Bums Boulevard. Uh, you hit the nail right on the head in the part of your commentary when you mentioned the importance of talking to the homeless and people living on the street. I used to ride with a group of people who would drop off food and clothing for the homeless who, for one reason or another, didn't go to shelters. No money, just mittens on a cold evening or a sandwich and bottle of Gatorade at midnight. 
Uh, most of these people are up at night, we found. Beyond the food, what seemed to be the most important to them. Not talked at, not even helped. They wanted to talk, be seen, and be known. You pick up on the liars and the mentally ill quickly. That's maybe half of them, and uh, they deserve an ear, too. Of the rest, some wanted to talk sports, others current events, but most wanted to talk about their families and their lives, current and past. I'll never forget the man who was in the towers when they fell, telling me how he's found it impossible to go inside buildings. The teenager who was beat uh, by her uncle and dropped off out of town, and the man who was now sober but couldn't bear to even see his family again because of the things he had said. If you find yourself working with this population, take your time. Listen, I promise it will be as rewarding for you as it is for them. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Thanks so much for your comments and insight. All right, well, now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Dave, Patreon supporter since August of 2020, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Dave. And uh, that will do it for today. Next week, uh, we'll be back with another episode of Casey Crime Photographer. But coming up tomorrow, we head over to International Detectives, where Jeff Regan will be investigating and... Lady, let's try fresh air. <laughs> oh, Jeff, I love <laughs> I know just where there is now. Let's walk along another few yards so the lights of the Long Beach Amusement Pier won't blind us. Yeah. Juliet. Yes, Jeff. Adam Garth. Oh, Adam Garth. Maybe I ought to take off and hunt him up. Are you just stay right with me? Sure, it's nice work, but if Garth is gunning for Jeff, you... Jeff, I explain. I looked at the guy once. He's a big lug, Jeff. All thumbs. In the brain, I mean. I looked at the guy. He fell over his thumbs. That could happen. Well, it isn't easy to be a girl like me, every guy's dream. Guess not. You gotta be triple careful, huh? I didn't do anything, Jeff, to encourage Adam Garth to think... That he got crazy all of a sudden, he... Thought he owned me. You told him he didn't. He said if that was it, then, then nobody else would. I see what he meant. Adam Garth threatened to kill me. He said he... Jeff, he, he said he'd fix it so my beauty would never wreck another guy's life. You hired me to block his punch. Yes, Jeff. I want you with me every minute, all day, evenings, wherever I go. Because, well, because... She stopped on the sand, stood in front of me, turned up her face. And that was when... <coughs> Even Juliet's kiss didn't pack a wallet like that. Somebody sat me from behind. I whirled, half groggy. There was a black shape between me and the white cream of the surf. But I didn't even get my fists up. All right, Regan. Oh! I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. 
Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.